Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Workplace Wisdom. Sharing insight, perspective, and best practices for creating the planet's best workplaces. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Workplace Wisdom. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon, and you guys are in for a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast speaker, author, podcast host, and someone who has just recently released the book, Overcoming Awkward, The Introvert's Guide to Networking, Marketing, and Sales, Miss Monica Parkin. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Stone. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are delighted to have you on the show. There's so much that you write about, that you speak about, and that you have some uh, some some perspective, some unique perspective on that applies to so many people in the workplace. What um, what did compel you to write this book in the first place? Or what has my wife? What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, really. What was I thinking? It was a couple of things. One is as as you mentioned in your intro, I'm a speaker, and after I would do a speech, I would be like, "This would make a great book chapter." Sometimes, right? And I always had this idea in the back of my head that I'd like to do that, but I could never get the the momentum going. And I was kind of just laying in bed on a Saturday morning once, scrolling Facebook, and I see this. 30 day writing challenge pop up. And I was like, you know, if I had like that challenge, like, like I knew I had to get it done in a certain amount of time, maybe I could do it. And so I signed up for it. It was like a hundred bucks. And I thought, you know, a hundred dollars isn't much to spend, but it's just enough that I don't want to throw it away either. And that's actually how this started was with a, a 30 day writing challenge. So is this the product of you observing what you people that you might uh, characterize as introverts and finding them a little bit awkward and kind of observing patterns, or is this born of some personal experience or, or a little bit of both? Definitely born of personal experience. So definitely a total, total complete introvert here. Uh, or at least I used to be, I guess I still am at my core, but you just wouldn't know it to, to talk to me now, <laughs> but yeah, definitely some workplace career experiences that, that caused me to to have to get out of my shell, to have to push myself and challenge myself and find new ways of of interacting with people. And out of those experiences came came stories and analogies, and out of all that came a book. Now, in your line of work, as I understand it, or at least this is how it is in the little Woodstock, Georgia, where I run one of our Business Radio X studios. Uh, your line of work, you're in, you're in the mortgage arena, right? And, and yeah. Been for some time. There are several people here in the local community of Woodstock, and I suspect this is probably true in, in most communities. And they need to get out. They need to build relationships with, with real estate professionals. They need to build relationships with business owners. They need to be recognized and known in the community. So I would think that that networking and hanging out at community events and all that kind of stuff would be a really typically a very important part of their job. And, and if they struggle with that, it could really impact their impact their success, right? It 
is, but here's the funny part of it. Like I never got the memo about that. So when I was dealing, I, I didn't, right? I had no idea. When I dealt with the mortgage broker that I dealt with, we did everything by phone, email. I never talked to her on the phone. We, I had a great experience. I thought this is great. This is a great career. It'd be perfect for me. I can just stay home, hang out with my dog. I don't have to get to know people. I can do this all online. It'll be great. So, you know, I go to school, I sign up, I get, you know, I spend eight months getting my license. I go to a brokerage and they're like, so um, when are you, when are you going to bring some clients in? I'm like, what do you mean? When am I going to bring some clients in? You're going to, you're going to give me clients. Right. <laughs> and, I had, and they're like, no, you got to get out there and network and get to know people and get yourself known in the community. None of this stuff is going to be handed to you. And I was, I almost quit on the spot. I was like, what? Like, how did I miss? How did I not know this? You know? And it was just a huge shock to my system. And, and we can talk more about this, but basically that was the moment after I'd done all the work when I found out that there was actually a lot more work to do. <laughs> so, I mean, my business partner, who incidentally is the, the founder and CEO of the entire Business Radio X Network, I've been with, working with him for 15 years. We've had some success. We've really enjoyed this business marriage of ours. He will be the first to tell you that, that he's an introvert, and we often will – uh, approach conversations very differently. And he's perfectly happy, you know, for me to be the guy that, you know, goes and does the million cups presentation or, you know, shows the deck to somebody, but he's, he's quite effective, quite successful. So I, I guess he's begun to find his way. Uh, and you clearly uh, have found some, some strategies, some ways to, to approach this uh, if, if you are an introvert, but, but a lot of your, counsel at least when i was when i was looking through it seemed kind of counterintuitive it wasn't what i was expecting yeah funny thing you know so that very first networking event that i went to you know the office said we're going to make it easy for you there's a chamber of commerce dinner you can come along you know we'll have a great time you can meet some people and i got to that thing and there was no one there that i knew and i literally i i turned around and i went out to my car because i i just had a panic attack and i just sat mm. out my car and went i can't do this i can't do this like this is too hard. And then one of my colleagues drove up and of course I, you know, I couldn't bail at that point. So I walked in with her and I got through that event and I, I did all the things I was told to do, right. I shook people's hands. I handed out cards. I did all that stuff, sold them on myself, told them I could get them the best rate, the best mortgage. I was like in everybody's face. And then I got home at the end of the night and I'm looking at this handful of cards and I'm like, like, what am I even going to do with these things? You know? And I ended up throwing them out. And then I had this moment where I was like, Oh my goodness if I'm throwing out their cards, <laughs> what, like, what are they doing to my cards? And that's when I realized like that kind of networking, maybe it works for some people, but it wasn't going to work for me. It wasn't the way to build an authentic relationship with somebody. So you made the transition or probably a more uh, accurate word is probably transformation <laughs> based yeah. on what you're, you're telling me so far. So, I mean, did this take months years yeah, yeah. It, well it's kind of like you know i guess it's like watching your kids grow up one day they're a little kid and the next day they're grown up and you don't know when it happened it's kind of how i feel about it like one day i was this total reclusive introvert and one day i woke up and here i am you know speaking to people and showing up early at these events that i used to be afraid of because actually that's where the best conversations are right when you get there early and there's people to talk to and but i shifted my perspective from what can i tell you about me to what can I learn about you to being curious about other people mm. and connecting other people mm. with each other. So instead of let me sell you a mortgage or let me sell you a product. Oh, that's interesting, Jill, you're a blogger and you blog about food. Well, 
Susie over there owns a winery. Have you guys met yet? And then connect them. And then this beautiful reciprocity starts to happen, right? They remember who connected them. Not like you're expecting a favor back, but but you're growing your own community when you grow other people's communities. And it's that authentic connections, those subtle little authentic connections that really grow relationships. I, I so appreciate and, and genuinely resonate with what you're describing and the antithesis of that, which fortunately here in Woodstock in our little community, this is not the case at, at all, but I have been to those meetings where there's maybe me and another person, maybe me and two other people. And the person has asked me a question and I'm trying to answer it as best I can. <laughs> the, their objective is trade the cards. And I can, I, I often can see them, but I can almost always feel them looking over my shoulder <laughs> at like their next target. <laughs> like they're not having a real conversation with me. It's, it, it sounds like part of the, part of, part of the, the formula here and the, the best approach is just to have a real conversation. And then the other piece I, I, I think I heard in that was take on the role of helping up to other people, other people connect with each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, someone told me once it's Susan Thomas, someone I actually um, interviewed one time. She, she said, you've got two ears and one mouth. So use the ear to mouth ratio, right? Use your ears twice as much as your mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. And that is how you create authentic connections, right? But those those people you're talking about that are looking over your shoulder for the next one, yeah. I call those hunters, right? So they're out hunting today. They're going to eat today. They're going to catch their prey. But the thing is, if you keep hunting and hunting and hunting, you run out of food supply, right? If you're a fox and you raid every chicken coop in the neighborhood, eventually you run out of chicken coops. <laughs> and that's what happens to those people. But if you're a farmer and you go out and plant seeds, build relationships, you might not eat that night, but long term, you will have crops that you harvest over and over and over again. Did you really write this thing in 30 days? I did, I did, but Holy I kind cow. of like I kind of cheated, not cheated, but some of it was old speeches that I'd done, and right. I didn't write on a typewriter. So what I did is when I'm driving my kids to school because we've got a long ride to school, I would just record myself on my phone, just nice. like I'm talking to you. I'd yeah. have an idea pop into my head. I would record it. I'd go home, run it through transcription software, <laughs> and then edit it for an hour. And then okay, boom, there's one chapter. Let's do the next one. Uh, that's actually it doesn't it doesn't come across as cheating at all to me in fact it's not a formal you know published revenue stream for our studio partners you know we're in several markets and we talk about teaming up with us and all that but we've had several of our studio partners do what you're describing for people they'll, they'll come in the studio and just kind of just kind of rap, right? You know, just get kind of get, get their, we call it first draft and they'll just sort of get their thoughts out and then we'll have it transcribed from, for them. And then some of them will go from there to write. And then some of them will get somebody that's really can write. I think it's, well, I mean, I guess I'm a little biased. I'm a big fan of audio. I just think there's so much you could do with it once you have it. But I think, yeah. I think that's brilliant. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm an audible learner more than I am a, a reader. Like even when I go through books, I prefer to listen to books and to type out books. So but that let me just get through like get my ideas out. And then I still had a lot of editing to do in print, but I could I could spend, you know, half an hour on my drive, banging out a chapter talking about what I want to talk about, and then come home and spend an hour putting in punctuation and cutting this and moving this and moving it around and making it pretty. But I got the ideas out without being impeded by, because otherwise I see, oh, this should change. This is spelled wrong. And then I forget what I was talking about. But if I can just get it out, <laughs> then it's easier. Yeah, I think so too. Now you uh, in, enjoy this, this platform. You have your own show, yes? I do. Yes, yes. 
And um, is it an interview show? Is it is it you sharing ideas? Is, yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about your show. Yeah, it's called it's called Juggling Without Balls. So it's about women that juggle multiple responsibilities. That you know that whole kind of like me, I mortgage broker. I have a business at a veterinary hospital. I you know I homeschool oh, yeah, yeah. a kid, and I got all these <laughs> things going on. Um, so it's for women that that are really struggling with trying to juggle all those different responsibilities, and it is an interview an interview style, you know, someone that's overcome a big obstacle or how they manage those difficulties or that's done a big career change later in life, talking about how they did that pivot, right? And what the silver lining was and what they do differently, all that kind of stuff that we all want to know about these people. And what a great show concept. That's a fascinating listen. I absolutely will. We have a show here in the, in the Woodstock um, studio. It's just called Women in Business. I think your, your title is way cooler. <laughs> and, and maybe we ought to have a different, uh, a different person producing it. But I will tell you, I, I am just uh, uh, over, I just can't believe uh, the, the women that come here and talk about their personal lives and their business lives and what they've accomplished. Uh, you just, and the other thing in all of our media properties, I'm sure you're experiencing this. You really do get to build some great relationships and have really good conversations and genuinely get to know somebody when you just have a real conversation, uh, you know, kind of like we're having, right. You know, it's a, yeah, exactly. Just like we're having right now. Yeah. I have had so many relationships come out of those podcast interviews. And that was one of the reasons I started is there's just so many women that I just want to get to know better. And I have daughters. So I kind of wanted to leave them this legacy of, of wisdom someday when I'm not here. There's this whole bank of podcasts that they can go back and listen to. But yeah, you're creating a new relationship actually with every interview, aren't you? At least that's been our experience. Well, congratulations on, on your success in doing that. And again, I'm sure you've, you've seen this and had this happen. I mean, it's such a great way to serve other people, right? To, to give them a chance to share their story and talk about their work and you get to know them. And, and as it turns out, you know, serving folks is a pretty good business model. <laughs> you, you nailed it. Exactly. Stone. Like that is the business model is just how can I be of service to you today? Right. How can I, I use this analogy in my book where I talk about like, even if we live in a beautiful house, right, we built the most beautiful house, we keep the lawn immaculate, everything's amazing about it. If we look across the street and like our neighbor's house is falling down, or our town is falling down, then our property value goes down, right? So if mm. our business is our house, if we don't support the other businesses in our community, if we don't support our own industry, then the value of our own business goes down too, right? And so because I'm in real estate, that's the analogy that I use. Yeah. But that's why yeah, it's so important that we don't just look, how are we going to sell things? How are we going to make money? But how can we serve our community? How can we serve our industry? Even as a mortgage broker, like how can I help out my fellow brokers? How can I help out my mortgage industry? Because when it's strong, my own business is strong in turn. And, and I don't have to be an extrovert to do that. Just I just need to be me. Amen. Well, speaking of analogies, uh, you use uh, a, a neighborhood analogy to uh, it, that you relate to networking and cultivating community. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, that's actually the one that I was sort of just speaking about. But yeah, yeah that same idea that you're only as, as strong as your neighborhood, right? So if you're not, you know, if my 
neighbor across the street has broken his leg and and he needs snow shoveled, then I'm going to go over there and snuggle the show. Sorry, shovel shovel some snow <laughs> on. And then maybe next year, you know, when my car won't start, maybe he'll come over and jump my battery. It's the same thing with my business. If I reach out and help someone else in my community, I leave a great review. I share their post. I talk about the event that they have happening. It creates this feeling of reciprocity. There's no expectation that they're going to do something for me in return. But the reality is that, you know, people remember people who remember them and people like people who like them. So when you genuinely go out and do those things with no expectation in return, you are sort of growing your fictitious metaphorical neighborhood. Well, and I, it, it, it does come back to you, but I'd say more than that, it, I, I think it comes back to you, you know, tenfold or more. Yeah. It, just, it just seems like it, it, whatever your spiritual inclination is, right, there's, there is something to this just getting out there and, and, and just doing some good out in the world. It, do, it comes back, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, you can feel it when someone's doing something with an expectation as opposed yes. to when someone isn't like, hey, if you do this thing for me, I'll do this thing for you feels a lot different than just how can I help you today with no expectation, right? It right. feels different to you. I, I call that, and it probably came from my dad, called tit for tat. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't like that. I don't, you know. I don't either. Yeah, no, just either do it if you want to, and thank you, and, you know, but no, absolutely. Which, you know, here's some very uh, practical counsel that I don't know if I if I saw it in the book or on your website or where, uh, but, you know, we could all benefit. Just don't be a jerk, right? Right. Yeah. I heard this phrase once that if you meet three jerks in a day, you are actually the jerk. And it's, oh. I think it's true. You know, I used to be that person everywhere I went. I would, well, that drive through person was really slow and that lady was rude. And, but when I actually switched my own attitude off, like when I started extending people more grace and more kindness and more patience, all those jerks went away. Those people stopped being jerks to me because the way that I responded was different. And, you know, I, I, my other business is in a large veterinary hospital. And when the staff wants to find a real estate agent or a new accountant or whatever, right, they, they start looking at the clientele that come in the door and they'll say, well, what about, what about Bob? And someone will say, nah, he is so mean to the receptionist. Last time we got his prescription wrong, he practically threw it in our face. Well, what about Bill? You know what? He's so nice and he brings us cookies at Christmas. And yeah, you should use him. Like you don't realize the effect that your actions and your attitude actually have on your business that you think that you're yelling at that poor kid in the drive-thru isn't going to affect your business, but they're actually going to go home and tell their parents or tell their coworkers, and they're going to make a purchasing decision based on how you behave that day. You are so right about that. And we see it over and, and over again. Oh, if you don't mind, I'd like to shift the frame a little bit. And this is incredibly helpful for me personally. And I, and I really think for, for so many of our listeners who are out there and who need and want to they they are probably of our stripe if you will like they genuinely want to serve and all that and you know tomorrow night's networking thing is a little intimidating and <laughs> you know they're trying to figure that out but I'd like to switch the frame on you a little bit uh, and see if we if we can help uh, a couple of other constituencies one is the person who maybe doesn't have to get out there and do a lot of networking out in the world for their business but they do have to be uh, productive, effective, efficient, and get along with folks at their workplace, at the at the office. I, I got to believe so much of what you describe in this book and so much of, of your work, I bet it applies in that environment every bit as much, yeah? 
For sure. Yeah. Yeah. A um, couple things come to mind. One is that listening piece, right? Listen more than you talk, mm-hmm. hear what your coworkers are saying to you to own your mistakes, right? Like I have so much more respect for someone that says, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. How can I fix it? Then the person that just tries to, well, it's not my fault. It's so-and-so's fault, blah, 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 right? Like that, that authenticity and that willingness to just hear another person's side of things. And then the, the communication piece, right? The, the getting back to people right away, the responding and the setting expectations because you treat people how to treat you. So if you consistently, you know, maybe you allow people to text you at midnight on a Saturday night. If you respond every time, it's not their fault that they're doing it. You've taught them to do it. And the same thing in the workplace. Um, and then in terms of networking in the workplace and forming relationships, it's it's asking questions, you know, and more than you talk. You know, how how was your week? What was your family like? How can I be of service to you? whether you're a salaried employee or you're self-employed, that is ultimately always the question. How can I be of service to you? And that's like you say, that comes back to you tenfold. And then one other group I'd like to try to get a little bit of perspective on or, or for, and I think you're the ideal person to do it, not only being the person with the expertise on, on the content, but you're also living in the, in all of these roles. Um, the, if I'm trying to build a culture, if I, you know, you, I think you, you mentioned you've got a business, a, a the veterinary hospital, what can or should we, as people who run companies, what should or could we be doing to create an environment that will allow uh, an introvert and everybody to, to flourish with, with regard to some of these topics we're talking about? Yeah, I would say celebrating people's authentic self. You know, there's this mm-hmm. belief that you come and you show up and you have to be a certain person. Uh, and allowing people to be who they are. For years, I didn't show who I really was because I thought I would be judged for that. And when I finally got to a place where it was safe to be me, like quirky little weird me who happens to also love goats and chickens and <laughs> like to embrace my quirkiness. And and when you embrace your quirkiness and you get vulnerable, it gives all the people around you the freedom to do the same. And so really it's that leading by example. When you embrace your inner quirky or your inner nerve or whoever you are, it gives all the people in your workplace the safety to do that. And, you know, when you get vulnerable, it gives them freedom to get vulnerable too. And often someone hears something in your story that, that they wouldn't have heard if you didn't, if you didn't share it. And it creates this, this workplace that feels safe and, and where people are welcome to be whoever they are. Uh, well, I'm so I'm so glad I asked in, in creating an environment where everybody feels like they can embrace and celebrate their quirkiness. But but I think the key to what you're describing is the the mechanism to to do that. You got to lead by example. You can't just say we are a place that does this, right? You can't just yeah. put it on. The, you got to be the one that 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 embraces and celebrates your own quirkiness. So that you, they've got a living, breathing model of that. Exactly. I remember mm. when I first started out and I was buying leads and I was advertising and I was doing all this stuff and nothing was working. And we have this forum in it's called Women in the Mortgage Industry, where you can go to other women that have, you know, been in your role before and ask for advice. And and I so I called up the first one. I'm like, so what do I do? And they're like, just just be you, like just be your authentic self. And I didn't like that answer, right? So <laughs> so then I phone the next one, same answer. I phone the next one 
just be you. And I'm like, that's a load of crap. Like they obviously want all my business. Like why, like people have been telling me this all my life. This is what they tell kids in school, be yourself. But then I sat with it for a while and I, and I thought, you know what, like, what is it going to cost me just to try it? And so I started to just be me, like not to hide those parts of me, like my little inner nerd that loves these little computer programs or my me out in the barn with my goats, like all the parts of me that I thought were not appropriate for business were actually the time that my business took off when I started to share those things because people could then relate to me in a way that they hadn't been able to relate to me before. You are so upbeat and you have such genuine, authentic answers to these questions that I'm asking that that have real depth. And so I, I see that you probably are quite accustomed to, to being inspired and sharing things that are inspiring to other people. So you are inspirational. Yeah, that's a word. Okay. But sometimes, I mean, you got to run out of gas sometimes. <laughs> and when you do, where do you go? You know, how do you refresh? How do you kind of get, get charge your batteries and, and where do you go to get inspired? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of it. I used to just go hibernate, like sit under the covers with a book. Nobody talked to me, take the phone off the hook. But now I reach out to all those connections I've built, right? That's where I get inspired now is is in those connections and those conversations. All the things that I used to avoid are now the things that actually bring me energy and inspiration and joy is those connections and, and opportunities. Like I don't actually think I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this anymore. I just sit back and I wait for an opportunity to come by and I go, wow, that looks really exciting. I'm going to give that a try. And I just keep an open mind and, and keep those, keep those lines of communications open with, with those people I've connected to, because that's actually where I, despite being an introvert, that's actually now where I get my energy from is from the people around me. After 20 minutes on the phone with you, I, I should have anticipated that answer, but it makes all the sense in the world after getting to know you a little bit and talking with you. You actually are getting your energy now from what at one time was, Maybe a little awkward, intimidating and all that. That's wow. That's fantastic. So what's next? Is there another book in you? You're going to do you're going to keep speaking and yeah, what's on the horizon? Yeah, I don't think I have another book in me, but my editor says there's five more in my head somewhere. So I guess I just need to maybe sit still for long enough and see if they come to me or turn on the, the recorder on the drive to school and see what comes out. But uh, at this time, I'm just really enjoying getting out and talking about the book and, and doing some speaking engagements, talking to businesses about how they can help those introverted employees, how they can improve their culture, how people can be more authentic and, and be of service to the people around them and, and you know reap the reward from that not with an expectation of reward but to just enjoy enjoy the reciprocity that comes from from being of service to others yeah all right before we wrap let's make sure that our listeners a know where to get their hands on this book and then whatever you feel like is appropriate in terms of if they'd like to have a conversation or or learn more about your your other work whether it's a linkedin or a website or an email Uh, but let's let's leave them with some points of contact Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure some of these things will be in the show notes, but the book is called Overcoming Awkward, An Introvert's Guide to Networking, Marketing, and Sales. You can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. It's in Kindle paperback and the audible version is going to be out in about two weeks i recorded that myself so it took a little longer to get it together <laughs> and then the easiest way to reach me is just at my website which is uh, monicaparkin.ca and you'll find all my contact info in there i'm also on linkedin instagram and twitter i won't give you those full handles but uh, i'm easy to find monica parkin look for the crazy goat lady i'm not hard to miss <laughs> 
Well, Monica Parkin, author of Overcoming Awkward, The Introvert's Guide to Networking, Marketing, and Sales. Uh, It has been an absolute delight having you on the show this afternoon. Thank you so much. Likewise, Stone, I've actually gotten a lot out of this as well and and your conversation, and I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, appreciate your, your little stories that you've woven into this interview also. Thank you for that. Absolutely my pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Monica Parkin, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Workplace Wisdom. 